turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. And while you're getting there, we're going to go ahead and give a report this morning because you guys sent us to the Dominican Republic to work. Amen? Amen? All right. I want to tell you what the Lord has been doing. I want to share with you uh, a little bit about your ministry in the Dominican Republic. Because in all actuality, all a missionary is, is a missionary is just a middleman, okay, for you guys. I, I take what you all put in the plate, and I take your prayers, and I go, and my wife goes, and my children go, and we make an exchange on your behalf for something that has eternal value. I'll never forget, my uncle told me the very first time I went to the exchange house with him uh, to exchange money in the Dominican Republic, I'll never forget what he said to me. We got back in the truck, and he said, let's go turn this paper into something valuable. And I thought, what? But as I've been on the field for the last two years, I realize what he means. Let's go turn this into something valuable. And that's what a missionary does. A missionary takes your investment and turns it into something valuable. But we need your prayer, amen? We need your prayer. Here's a prayer card. And on the back is a spot for prayer requests. Now, times are weird right now because normally, y'all know, I'd be in every pew, shaking every hand, giving everyone a prayer card. But we can't do that because I might give you something else too, all right? So the prayer cards are on the back table there. Also got bracelets for anyone who's a bracelet wearer. Some people told me this morning I'm not a bracelet wearer. Well, that's okay. I got you a pen. Amen? Any way that you can remember to pray for us, pray for us. Okay, there are times in the Dominican Republic that I have had people uh, from this church and from other churches that we've been in, they send us an email, they send us a text message, and they say, Brother Lane, just want you to know we're praying for you. And I cannot tell you what that does for a missionary. Until you've been on the field and, and experienced the trials and the suffering of being in a foreign country, sharing the gospel, I cannot tell you what that does for your missionary. Pray for your missionary. These prayer letters on the wall, I can promise you that's the hardest thing that most missionaries do is write those prayer letters. Take the time to read them. Okay, take time to pray for your missionary. Let's go ahead and give you a report this morning. Praise his name, great things he hath done. Amen? Yes. I'm nobody. All right? Matter of fact, when y'all leave here, y'all can forget me. Okay? You remember who God is. You remember who Jesus is. And remember what it is that he has done and is doing. The greatest news that I can share with you this morning is that in two years, we saw 89 people accept Jesus Christ as their personal yes. Savior. We saw 64 in Haiti, and we saw 25 in the Dominican Republic. We actually got the opportunity to go over into Haiti and hold a 10-day uh, evangelistic meeting. 10 days, 64 people accepted Christ as their Savior. Now, there was a whole lot of work that went into that meeting, and there's a whole lot of work that's taken place since then. That village actually has a church building now. Something to praise God for. Tia and I can read, write, and communicate in Spanish on a functional level. Now, she could before we went. I'm a miracle standing before you. <laughs> when I got to the Dominican Republic, I knew no Spanish whatsoever. And the Lord just paired us up with, with a, a Dominican Spanish teacher. She had been a, a teacher for 40 years. And little did we know that she was also a Christian. And she told me, she said, if you're going to preach in my country, you need to learn Spanish from the Bible. And for a year and a half, she cracked open her Bible at her, at her little table there in her dining room and taught me Spanish from the Bible. 
Only God can do stuff like that. Amen? Only God can do stuff like that. Uh, we can now, I, I, I'm to the point now where I can preach and teach without an interpreter. Amen. Praise His name. Because people respond when they understand in their heart language. If I was standing here this morning preaching to you in Spanish and pastor was up here interpreting in English, it would have an effect, but the effect is much stronger when it's direct in your language. And so we praise God for that. Next, I have to learn Creole. So y'all pray for me on that one. We relaunched the church in Harabakoa and we relaunched the youth group in Harabakoa. When we, when we first got there, uh, the church building itself was, was in disrepair. The congregation had, had kind of, uh, they were going through some rough things that I won't go into right now. But, but the Lord just allowed us to come alongside my, aunt, my uncle and, and, and we went in there and we relaunched that church building. And now on an average Sunday, there's 40 people in the house of God. Amen. Youth group, the last, the last night we had youth group uh, before the world lost its mind. We had 22 teenagers in the house of God. And they're there because they want to be there. Their parents would actually prefer them not to be there. Amen. And those of you who have been there know what I'm talking about. We, we helped to, to host and facilitate four youth camps. Those of you who have been to youth camp, you can appreciate what that means. Amen. Those of you who haven't, you need to go to youth camp. But we saw people accept Christ as their Savior. We saw people grow in their walk with the Lord. I saw teenagers come one year, and then the second year I saw those same teenagers came, come back. And it was just neat to see them maturing in their relationship with God and remaining faithful in their place. Amen? We were able to help host and facilitate 13 missions teams and work groups. One of those teams was from this church. Amen? And the next time... Amen. The next time, make sure you're on the team that comes down. Amen. We'll show you a good time and uh, probably see people get saved. Amen. That's what it's all about. And, and with those groups, groups are a great part of our ministry because we are so close to the United States. A lot of people want to come and experience the mission field. A missionary can get a lot of work done with a group because we can multiply the efforts. Amen. This is the work that was able to be accomplished with these work groups. The church building in Harabakoa is almost completely remodeled. Some of y'all got to help with that. The only thing we lack now is the bathrooms. So y'all pray for that because that's an important part. We were able to put a new parking lot out front. And my wife is very thankful for the new parking lot because it rains there all the time. And when we first got there, the parking lot was all mud. Amen? So you can imagine what the church lobby looked like after church. It was awful. <laughs> So she's especially thankful for that. But uh, we also were able to install an NCAA regulation half court for basketball. Baseball is the national sport of the Dominican Republic. They say Americans invented baseball, but we taught them how to play it. But they also love basketball. And it's a great way to outreach. Uh, you can go to Iglesia Bautista Agua Viva in Harabacoa today, right now, and that gate will be open. Those children can go play basketball anytime they want to. We want them in the churchyard. Amen? That's where we want them. And yes, things get tore up, and yes, things get messed up, but they're at church. Amen? We were able to put in 
uh, a new metal storage shed where, where our Haitian pastor can store his motorcycle. That's a huge blessing for him because he doesn't have to worry about it getting stolen. Amen? It might be a small thing to us, but for him, that's a big deal. Uh, we were able to, to put a covered patio out back uh, for our choir, our Haitian choir, to practice. And it's really neat to go out back and hear them practice because the whole neighborhood can hear them practice. And they can't unhear it. Amen? They can't unhear it. And so, last but certainly the most important is we were able to hand out over 8,000 uh, church brochures. Tia designed this church brochure. It has the gospel on the inside. And so that's the gospel in 8,000 hands. But on top of that, we were also able to hand out over 10,000 gospel tracts. You say, Brother Lane, why ain't Bibles up there? Well, I lost count. Sorry. <laughs> I lost count. But that's the gospel in people's hands. And one of the greatest things that I, that I saw on the mission field was I, I took out our youth group and I said, here's what I want you to do. Here's 900 chick tracks. You guys have to put them in people's hands, okay? And if you can hand out all 900 in less than two hours, we'll meet at the pizza hut. Some of y'all will get that later. It just bombs everywhere I go, Pastor. And I'll buy y'all pizza. And those teenagers went ballistic. 900 chick tracks in less than an hour and a half. 900 church brochures in less than an hour and a half went into people's hands, not indoors. Okay? Now, I understand here in the States it's a little bit different, but there the doors open. Okay? Four o'clock in the afternoon, everyone's door opens. Mi casa es su casa, my house is your house, is a way of life there. It is not a saying. If the doors open, I am free to walk into somebody's house, sit down on their furniture, and talk with them. I can do that. And they will give me enough coffee to satisfy any Baptist congregation in America. Amen? <laughs> the door's wide open. And those teenagers, 1,800 pieces of literature, 900 chick tracks, 900 brochures, in people's hands in less than an hour and a half. And we walked through Barrio Don Bosco, and, and I saw where people have been engaged in iniquity, alcoholism, drug abuse, any type of sin that you can possibly fathom. And we have been stepping over feces and trash and drug paraphernalia. And I turned around and I looked back, and the whole street was reading the gospel in unison. When I say, if you come to the mission field, I'll show you a good time, don't get no better than that. And it will change your life. It will get in your blood. Do you want to see souls saved? I'm going to ask you this question, and I want you to ponder this question the whole time. Are you content to go to heaven alone? And if you are, why? And if you are, why? We also have some goals. We want to return to the field as soon as possible, amen? Because I love America, but I'd rather be there. Okay, that's where God called me to. I'd rather be there. And we want to get back there as soon as possible. The Haitian congregation, uh, they have blown out our current facility. 
they, the building no longer holds them. They are just growing at an unbelievably fast rate. And now when you go there, uh, before social distancing and all this, and they have to have multiple services now, but before when you would go there, the parking lot was full of people. The lobby was full of people. The Sunday school rooms were full of people. The hallways were full of people. The, the sanctuary was full of people. The platform itself was full of people. Because God. Praise His name. We need to buy them land. We also need to complete the building project in Boca Chica. The road has been extended to that property, and the boundary has now been solidified. There's actual wall there, so we know where the boundary's at. Amen. And these things take money, okay? I know nobody likes to talk about money, and I know you all are giving church, amen? Y'all are my church. And I say that in the most sincere, reverent, loving way that I can. This is my church family, and I know y'all give. I know y'all love Jesus, and I know y'all love missions. And look what God did. But God can do more. Are you willing? Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is everywhere at all times, and he is searching for the sinner. Are you willing to participate? Are you willing to let God stretch you this morning? Beyond what you think you're capable of? Are you willing? And last but not least, there's also a trained pastor there who is ready to take that work and run with it. And he's actually doing evangelism and visitation right now. We get a building put up, that building will be packed in no time. Because the people are thirsty to hear the gospel. They are hungry to hear the gospel. When, when, when people who live in utter, complete darkness and they are actively engaged in Satan worship. It'd be like, if physically speaking, it'd be like if this room was completely and totally black without the slightest inkling of light and I turned on a flashlight in the corner. That is what it is like for them spiritually and they flock to that light because they know what it's like to serve darkness and they know that there's nothing there. They're hungry to hear the gospel. And finally, I want you to see the faces of your ministry. Because the reality is, is, is you all ordained me and sent me to the mission field. So this is your ministry. Amen? Yes, we understand it's God's ministry and we give him all the honor and the glory. But we could not go without you. Because we know that God works through the local New Testament church. We know that from the Bible. And so this is the faces of your ministry. They say God is everywhere, but he sleeps in Harabakoa. In this valley of just over 90,000 people that sits below the famous hammock of God, he is definitely not sleeping. We are the Lane family, church planning missionaries to the Dominican Republic, and we believe God has called us to Harabakoa. Over the last two years, we have witnessed the Holy Spirit working all over the island. Along with missionaries Wesley and Melinda Lane, we relaunched the church now known as Iglesia Bautista Agua Viva in Harabakoa. In the year and a half that has followed, we have seen God working mightily for his namesake. Through the local church in Harabakoa, the youth camp that serves local churches and other missionaries in the Dominican Republic, as well as a 10-day evangelistic outreach into Haiti, we have seen God miraculously save 89 precious souls. While this is wonderful news, the reality is that there are 10.5 million people on the island, 95% of which actively engage in idol worship on a daily basis. 
the Bible is clear that all those who reject Christ are on their way to an eternal hell. The Dominican Republic is a country rich in history and a culture all its own. From the colonial district of the first settlement in the New World to many waterfalls, to its beautiful beaches and all the delicious food a person can eat, a person on vacation could find beauty in any place they look in the Dominican Republic. But when you look closer, the truth begins to take shape. Drugs, teen pregnancy, child molestation, and suicide are prevalent everywhere you look. Poverty, hunger, and a high unemployment rate add to the daily frustration of these precious people. They are looking for an answer. They are looking for hope. The good news is, there is hope. His name is Jesus Christ. In the Dominican Republic, they say God knows everything. God knew and put a plan in place. His plan is redemption through His Son. His plan is the local church. Through evangelism, obedience to the Lord and believers' baptism, and active ongoing discipleship, we are seeing lives changed. To those of you who have prayed and financially supported us over the last two to four years, we want to say a huge thank you. Words cannot express our gratitude for your hearts towards the Dominican people. These are the faces of your ministry. These are the faces of the lives your prayers and gifts have impacted for eternity. In the Dominican Republic, they say God is in control of everything, and we believe He is indeed. If the Lord wills, we endeavor to return as soon as possible to continue the work in Harabacoa, as well as pursue several ministry opportunities that are waiting. We are currently looking to buy 1,000 square meters of land for the Haitian congregation in Harabacoa as they have outgrown our current building. In the growing town of Boca Chica, we have land as well as a trained national who is ready to work. We are excited to get him in his own building that will no doubt be full quickly after it is finished. We will also continue to help grow Iglesia Bautista Agua Viva to the point that it can be independent. We are excited to return to the work God has for us. Would you please prayerfully consider supporting the Lord's ministry in the Dominican Republic? They are waiting to hear, and we are willing to go.
you would turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15, I want you to see this morning that our Savior is a missionary. He is a missionary. He told His disciples, as the Father hath sent me, so send I you. Jesus is not asking you to do something this morning that He has not already done. That's one of the things I love about my Savior. He's never asked me to do anything that He didn't Himself do. And we can talk for hours about what that means as far as leadership is concerned. But I want you to understand this morning three things. That Jesus receives sinners. I want you to see that Jesus searches for sinners. He is not content to sit and just receive, but He also searches. I want you to see that there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. Ain't no joy in heaven over a Pharisee who needs no repentance. As I've been teaching through the parables of Jesus with our, with our uh, congregation there in Harabakoa over live stream, uh, back down here behind the church building, this little garden down here, uh, every Wednesday uh, I preach for them over the internet. And we've been going through the parables of, of Jesus. And this last Wednesday I was, I was preaching out of this parable to them, completely different message. And God laid this message on my heart. But I want you to see this morning what God showed me. Jesus doesn't have any use for Pharisees. He has use for missionaries. Say, well, Joshua, how do I know if I'm a Pharisee? Well, if you pretend to enjoy the presence of God and you do not, you are a Pharisee. When Jesus died, he exposed the hypocrisy of the Pharisees for what it was. He showed the entire world that the Holy of Holies was empty. That His glory did not dwell there. In the Old Testament, Ichabod was written over the door. And they knew that God no longer dwelt there. And they perpetuated a lie. If you pretend to enjoy the presence of God and you do not, you're a Pharisee. If you care more about material possessions, if you care more about this building that the Lord gave us, if this building has become an idol to you, you're a Pharisee. Jesus cares about sinners that walk in the back door of this building. The purpose of this building is to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and then grow in the grace and admonition of our Lord. That's what He cares about. And if you do not care about that, you're a Pharisee. If you murmur against the work of the Savior, you're a Pharisee. The Bible is very clear in Luke chapter 15 and verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. If you murmur against the Savior, you're a Pharisee. That's how you know. Because a missionary receives sinners. Jesus is a missionary. A missionary searches for sinners. And then when those sinners get saved, 
The missionary rejoices. The missionary doesn't murmur. The missionary rejoices. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm thankful that through him, through his blood, we have access to be able to speak with you directly. Lord, that we do not have to go through another man, but that we have an advocate with our Savior. Lord, we know this morning that Satan is in the throne room of heaven making accusations against myself, against this church, against this nation. Lord, we ask that you would please turn a deaf ear to him. Please hear the prayers of your children this morning. Lord, we ask that you would work. We ask that you would instruct us from your word as we sit in heavenly places in you. Lord, we ask that you would bring the sinner to repentance. Lord, we ask that you would help those who are saved uh, to also have a repentant and a soft heart towards you, Lord, that we would be a people after your own heart, that we would be a bold witness to this lost and dying nation and to a lost and dying world. And we thank you and praise you for the way we know you'll answer our prayers. In Jesus' holy name, amen. And then Jesus says this to them, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, in verse 4, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found that piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. One. I want to tell you a story this morning. When I was in the mountains of Haiti, during this evangelistic conference that we did, I was sitting out front of the only house in the whole village. Okay, it was, it was a house. Everybody else lived in huts. And I was sitting on the front porch of this house, and this man come down the path, loud, obnoxious, carrying on, brandishing a machete, drunk as he could possibly be. And you know what they told us? They said, you stay away from that man. He's mean. Stay away from him. He's not a Christian. And I thought, okay. And he was, he was mean. And he was, he was swinging a machete like he meant to use it. And he walked on down the path for a little ways longer until he was out of sight. And that night, when the invitation was given, that same man walked down the aisle and accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And that village erupted. I have never heard anything like that in a football stadium, in a baseball field. We actually, I, I am not joking when I tell you this, we actually had to tell them, okay, you guys got to calm down so we can finish the service. Because they were shouting and screaming and crying and laughing and hugging and kissing and carrying him around. Why? Because one sinner repented. May I say to you this morning, Jesus is not telling the throne room of heaven to settle down. 
They are hollering and carrying on for one sinner. But when 99 just people who need no repentance sit and do nothing, there is silence in the throne room of heaven. Are you willing to participate? You cannot participate and be a Pharisee. It doesn't work that way. You've got to have the heart of a missionary. Philippians chapter 2 says this, Let this mind, whose mind? The mind of a missionary. Be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the missionary. He stepped down from the throne room of heaven. He stepped down from riches untold, from glory eternal. He stepped down to us. Because not only does he receive sinners, but he searches for the sinner. The Bible says in Luke 19.10 that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now I know some of y'all are getting this for the second time. So don't fall asleep on me. All right. Jesus searches for sinners. What are you searching for this morning? Because it's interesting what Jesus says here. He says, what man of you is willing to go search for the thing that you value? What woman of you is willing to go search for the thing that you value? Until when? Until you found it. You know when the search for the sinner ends? When that sinner repents. We do this. This is what we do. Praise God they didn't open the door. Oh, man. And then you're off to the next house. And then if you hear a dog bark, we all hightail it. Amen? The search does not stop until the sinner repents. We have been in every neighborhood in Harbakoa multiple times in the last two years. Multiple times. I have talked with some people multiple times. But until they repent, the search is not over. I want you to say this with me. Our community, say it, our community is our responsibility. I tell our teenagers that all the time. Our community is our responsibility. Yes, I'm a missionary, and yes, I am there to help, and yes, I'm there to come alongside and to instruct them on how to also share the gospel. But that town is their responsibility. This town is your responsibility. Missions is not just about giving money in the plate. I praise God for you all. You all sacrifice. It's just, I, I, sometimes I sit and I look at the newsletter and I just say, man. Because I know churches where there is not a single dollar going in the missions plate right now. But missions is not just about dollars going in the plate. Missions is about you opening your mouth and communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost person. That is missions. And the city of Springfield, the city of Willard, the city of Republic, the city of Halltown, the city of Bodark, the city of Lawrenceburg, the city of Dadeville, the city of Walnut Grove, these communities are your responsibility. Are you willing to participate? Are you willing? Because he is searching for the sinner this morning. And then I want you to see that there is joy. There is joy. 
Have you ever led someone to the Lord? It gets in your blood. It's, it's almost like, I can't even describe it. You're like, man, where's that next person at? Am I right? Where's that next person at? Why? Because the Holy Spirit indwells us if we are saved and we are about His business. And that joy in heaven, that joy in the throne room reverberates in our soul. My grandpa worked for NASA for a long time, and he told me, he said, we have recordings of singing in outer space, and it's a mystery. And I said, no, it's not. Somebody got saved, amen? Somebody got saved. It is not a mystery to those of us who believe. The throne room of heaven erupted with cheers. And if an angel that cannot possibly experience redemption can rejoice in such a manner. Why are the houses of God silent this morning? Why are the altars empty this morning? Why? People are dying in the streets this morning. Our country is in a shambles this morning. Because the people of God have forgotten the mission of God and that our God is a missionary. We're too busy backbiting and eating each other and consuming one another over junk that does not matter. People are dying and going to hell. Why is that? Because God's people are not about God's business. That's why. See, Josh, you're preaching awful hard. Well, I don't get to preach in English very often. Amen? I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to change gears a little bit. I'm going to stop talking about missions, and I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to stop talking about missions, and I'm going to be a missionary. This is what the Bible says. In verse 17, And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons, everyone is equal at the cross. There is no respect of persons with God. Judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, the tradition of your fathers cannot save you. Jesus expounded on that to the Pharisees over and over and over again in multiple ways. The tradition of your fathers cannot save you. The relationship that your father had with Christ cannot save you. The relationship that your mother had with Christ cannot save you. If you call on the Father, He will answer. Your soul is your responsibility. Tell that to Dominicans all the time. Your soul is your responsibility. But with the precious blood, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, who was foreordained? What does the Bible say? Christ was foreordained. 
Christ is holy. Christ is perfect. Only He was foreordained before the foundation of the world. And if you accept Him, God had a plan in place to conform you to the image of His Son. There is a heresy in this country today, and it is killing our country. It's called determinism. It's called Calvinism. It's called particular redemptionism. It's called limited atonement. It's called unlimited limited atonement. Whatever label you want to give it, the Bible says it's heresy. Jesus died for everybody. Jesus alone is holy. Jesus alone could be sacrificed for your sin and for my sin. Jesus alone could resurrect to give you new life and to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Your soul, my friend, is your responsibility. My part's done. I told you. Now it's up to you. Verse 21, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. If you are here today and Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and you hate your brother, the altars are open. That's not my words, that's God's words. If you have active, ongoing hatred in your heart, you are in sin and you need to repent right now. And I'm not backing off of that. We are supposed to love our brother with an unfeigned love. Maybe you are living in misery because you cannot forgive. The altars are open. Why? Why? Can you experience the forgiveness of the Savior, but you cannot give it? Because you're a Pharisee. That's why. And God has no use for Pharisees. God has use for missionaries. Now, the interesting thing about this is, any preacher will tell you, before you preach, this has to be applied to your own heart. And it's hard, I know. It's hard to love people. There's a man in our town. I have, I, I, I have one regret as a missionary thus far. We have a man in our town, and he's homeless, but he comes to church. He's like the epitome of the prodigal son. He is a modern-day prodigal son. He got his inheritance, and he blew it. And now he lives in the street with no place to call home but the house of God. And he comes to the house of God and he, he came in five minutes before church was supposed to start because we're on island time. Amen. And, and he went in the bathroom and he put shaving cream all over his face. And he smelled awful. And he come out and he said, Pastor, Pastor, give me a hug. And I said, whoa, back up, man. You got shaving cream everywhere. You get shaving cream all over me. It's hard to love people. But if I could go back in time, right now, I would hug that man. I would. Shaving cream and all. I'd give him a big old hug, come out smelling like Gillette. 
Jesus loves sinners. Jesus loves you. Jesus is ready to receive you. He's been searching. And I promise you, if you come down here and you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this morning, the throne room of heaven is going to erupt with cheers. The angels are going to scream and cry and jump and rejoice because one sinner accepted Christ. That's why I'm a missionary. I want to be part of that. I want to, I want to make the throne room of heaven noisy. Are you content to go to heaven alone? And if you are, why? If you are, why? The altars are open this morning. They're open for anyone. There's no respect of persons with God. And as his children, there should be no respect of persons with us. We need to love each other with an unfeigned love. Because the lost world will know us. How? By our love.